Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Tiffany E. And on behalf of Down for the Count, the girls, Nicole, Alexis, and Janae, welcome back to the show. So today, we got a lot to cover. There's a lot going on, and wrestling this week kicks off with a lot of shows. So we're going to try and get through this as much as possible. I'm going to break this up into parts, but I want you guys to know that the girls all are working and doing their thing. Nicole is on a vacation attending a wedding. Congratulations to her friend, and I hope Nicole has a great time alexis is having her mommy daughter time with her beautiful daughter so i hope they have a wonderful time going to see the little mermaid and of course i gave janae the week off because janae is tired she works she goes to school and i want that woman to prosper because i love her these women are like my sisters and i want them to have some time to themselves where they can relax and chill and have a good time and me well i'm here (laughs) So we're going to do some work, okay? We're going to fill this podcast with some information because I feel like you guys need to know what's going on in the wrestling world in the big old IWC of wrestling, okay? So let's start off with tonight's show. So we already know about Friday Night Smackdown. This Smackdown is going to be pre-recorded, just so you guys know. And of course, there's the press conference for Night of Champions that happened earlier today. I posted some clips on my personal um. Instagram, that is at TV 2 if you want to go listen, watch it. Anyways, but there are other companies who are having shows all throughout this weekend, including WWE, AEW, and Impact. This entire weekend is full of wrestling. We're talking at least 72 hours of wrestling, okay? It's going to be nuts, all right? But let's start off with the first show okay impacts under siege has about eight matches set for the card one of them was just recently added just or just as early as last night so let's run through these this match card really quickly and you guys can tell me on spotify in that little bitty box what you guys think about the show if who do you think is gonna win i'm gonna put a poll up there and i'm gonna ask you Who do you think is going to win? Please respond. I'm also going to make a post on our Instagram and I'll have the girls make a post on Twitter about Impacts Under Siege. And you guys can tell us what you think. I really want to engage with you guys and know what's going on in that good old noggin of some of our listeners. With all that being said, let's dive into Impacts Under Siege card and let's see if this card is worthy of a good watch. And I'll even tell you where you can watch it. All right, so let's get started. Impact's Under Siege added a match. Last night on Impact, Courtney Rush returned to Impact along with her Death Doll member, Jessica, and now they have added her back into the group. The Coven was attacking Jessica and Courtney Rush came in to save her. And so now this match has been added to the card as early as last night. It will be Courtney Rush and Jessica versus the coven so the death dolls versus the coven in a tag team match so i'm not sure who's gonna win this i would imagine it would be the death dolls but i'm looking forward to it either way moving into some title info the digital media championship is being contested dirty dango will take on the current champion joe hendry for the digital media championship i don't see dirty dango winning this title but it'll be a decent match nonetheless um joe henry is a funny character he's he's funny he he's charismatic he's so 
good at doing what he does. And on top of that, I think that in give in due time, he could be a great impact world champion, given, you know, if they build him up a bit more, give him a little bit more traction, especially against some of the heavyweights that are there. I think Joe Henry could be great. Um, but he's a great digital media champion and they picked the right guy to run with this title. It's really fun to watch him. So I'm hoping Joe Henry takes this and wins that match. Callahan's Revenge is the next match that's up on the card. And the design is going up against Sammy Callahan, Rich Swan, and a partner of their choosing. Now they haven't disclosed who this partner is going to be, but... Sammy Callahan has been getting his ass handed to him for a couple of times by the design. Rich Swan has joined in the fray to help him out. Even though this is a mess that Sammy Callahan has created, I'm sure he'll find a third that will help him out. And it's supposed to be a surprise. So I guess we'll have to wait and see who this third is going to be. With all that being said, let's move on to the tag team titles. ABC is currently your tag team champions over an impact abc consists of chris bay and ace austin they will take on subculture with danny luna now i've heard of subculture before they're really cool i love their wrestling style and the team of abc with chris bay and ace austin was an ingenious pairing in my opinion so i'm very curious as to how this match is going to play out because i don't watch impact that often a lot of things that i'm going to see with impact is going to be a bit more um how can i say impactful no pun intended for me because i haven't been able to keep up with it as much as i've wanted to but i figured out a way to do that so with all that being said good luck to both teams and to me i wouldn't care who won that match but if abc retained so be it Moving on to the X Division Championship, your reigning defending champion, Trey Miguel, has been terrorizing the X Division for quite some time as the champion. And now he has someone who is contesting his championship reign, and that is Chris Saban. Now, me personally, I am not 100% up on Chris Saban and what he's capable of, but I'm well aware of Trey Miguel and all of his skill. Now, I do think that this match is going to be good between these two men. However, I don't know if Chris Saban is going to beat Trey Miguel. I know that he has the, the, the strength. I know that he has the skill to do so. But I'm not quite sure if he's actually going to beat him. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see when the show airs and when the match is put on who is going to actually win. But if I had to put a guess in just blindly, I'd put my money on Trey Miguel. Moving on to the number one contenders match. Now, again, I haven't been watching Impact's Under Siege, I mean, Impact period, as much as I wanted to, but I would gather that this match with all these people that are in here is set to determine Steve Macklin or PCO's next opponent for that Impact World Championship, okay? So if that's the case, we have a number one contenders match. In this match, you have Moose, Eddie Edwards, Jonathan Gresham, Yuya Yumora, if I'm saying his name wrong, I apologize, Alex Shelley, and Frankie Kazarian. 
All of these men will be contending to become the number one contender for the Impact World Championship. Again, if I'm wrong, please correct me, but I assume that that's what that match is for. It doesn't say it on the card here. It just says number one contenders match. All right. So if I had to pick somebody, I'm not picking fucking Moose. You can kiss my ass on that one. Okay. I don't know what it is with y'all and y'all love affair of that man, but that mush mouth motherfucker gets on my nerves. Okay. So Moose, Moose is out. Um, Eddie Edwards, he's a decent guy. Jonathan Gresham, Jonathan Gresham is a is a traditional professional wrestler and he's great in the ring, but microphone wise he bores me. So I I'd be interested in the matchups that he would have, but I wouldn't care that he was champion. Um Yuya Yamura um because I'm not aware of his wrestling background or what he has done, I would give him a 50-50 shot just like anybody else. Um I know who Alex Shelley is wouldn't mind Alex Shelley being champion. And Frankie Kazarian is one of the OGs. So Frankie Kazarian going after that title, that would give Steve Macklin a good run for his money. But do I think he would beat him? Mm, no, no, I don't. <laughs> All of these guys have potential to beat Steve Macklin. But at this point, with the way Steve Macklin has been built, I just don't see him dropping the title to any of them, if we're being honest. The only person I can really see him dropping that title to it's Nick Aldis, which this is the next match that is up. So Kenny King and Nick Aldis are having a battle at um, Impact's Under Siege. Now, you know, Kenny King is an OG of Impact and TNA, right? And so is Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis built a lot of his career, especially his more commercialized American career in Impact and in um NWA power. So we know what Nick Aldis is capable of, and we know what Kenny King is capable of. This match is just going to be a battle of who wants to be on top more. And I'm interested in watching this because I actually really fuck with Kenny King. I think he's a great competitor, and I love Nick Aldis. I think Nick Aldis is amazing, amazing in the ring. Both of them have potential to be great. Quite frankly, I would have put both of them in this number one contenders match as well. But as since I, like I said before, I had not been watching Impact. I don't know if they have a whole thing going on in terms of a feud between the two of them. It's possible, you know, with Nick Aldis coming back, having this grand entrance coming back. It's very possible that they have a feud. So, you know, I understand them having the match. But me personally, I'd put both of them in the number one contenders match. This just me. Now, we have Trinity's Open Challenge match. And it was accepted by Giselle Shaw and crew. So Giselle Shaw has Jay Vidal and Savannah Evans with her as her stable. And Trinity just has her. Good old trend with a nice rear view. I love her rear view. <laughs> I love that move so much. Anyway, Trinity's had an amazing showing in Impact. She looked great in her first match against Kaylin King. I love Trinity and I've always been happy when she finally gets the moment to shine and she's out there working. I really, really hope that this is a good reset for her and proves how well she's going to be able to do. Like, I can't wait to see what she does and how she's going to move in this particular company. They're going to give her the red carpet because Impact is more inclusive than all the other companies have been, especially WWE. And I know that they trust Trent to move forward and help move Impact forward. 
With all that being said, Giselle Shaw has made it very clear that she is not happy with Trinity coming in and stealing her light. Now, Jay Vidal tried to tell Trent last week that Giselle Shaw had a message for her. His stiff ass. I don't know what the fuck is going on with him, but he is stiff as a board. Okay, I'm gonna need for you to go watch you some um some ballroom videos or you know get you a good a good sis or a good Judy to help you learn how to move, you know, with a little fluidity because right now you walk like you gotta stick up your ass. And that's not even trying to be homophobic or disrespectful. I mean literally, you literally walk like you have something stuck up your ass. And I don't understand it. It's very stiff. Yo, yo, promos are robotic. And if it's on purpose, stop doing it. Okay, stop doing that, baby. Because it's it's not giving what you think it's giving. It's giving you don't know how to you don't know how to cut a promo. It's giving you're very much green is what it's giving. And I know that can't be true because your ass been on TV long enough to know that this is not how you're supposed to present yourself. Okay, now you don't have to be you know a femme. Um, yeah, you don't have to do any of that. You can do it however you want. Just lean into it. Just give us give us something. You know what I'm saying? As the boys say, give us cunt. You know, give us fish, honey. If you're gonna go out there and do all of that, you got to give it to us. Okay, you can't half-ass it. Okay, I'm done on my rant. Anyway, Trinity is going to take on Giselle Shaw. This match is going to be pretty interesting. I'm very interested to see how Trent is going to fare against Giselle. Giselle's not a bad wrestler at all. In fact, I really like Giselle. I used to watch Giselle wrestle on Wild Wrestling, and I thought she was amazing. She was beautiful. She wrestled amazingly. I was like, girl, give it to them, okay? And so in Impact, as a heel, she seems to work very well with that as well. So I like this, and I'm very curious as to how this is going to play out. Giselle could very well steal a win over Trinity, who hasn't lost since she's been in Impact, but I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think Giselle Shaw is going to lose to Trinity this um coming uh match in... uh impact under siege and i also think that she may this may be a situation of trinity loses because of savannah evans because they have a match booked for saturday for impacts under siege um the fallout and it's going to be trinity versus savannah evans but it could be that she lost and savannah evans came in attacked trent and then it led to this match that's coming up on saturday I don't know, but you guys let me know um, on Spotify. You can talk to me on Anchor about it. And I will make the post on our Instagram as well. And you guys can have all the combos that you want under that post. With all that being said, let's move into another women's match that's actually very potent. And this is one of the last matches of the night. You're going to have Jordan Grace's last chance match. So Jordan has been trying to get this title from Deanna Perrazzo for months. She also has been trying to get the title from Mickey James for months, who was on her last run as the champion and as a wrestler, period. She retired earlier this last month due to injury. With all that being said, Jordan Grace has never been able to beat Deanna Perrazzo in any capacity since she's been champion. I believe this is her third go-round as the Impact World Champ Women's Champion, but I could be wrong. Please correct me um, in the comments or whatever. But anyways, since Jordan has had multiple opportunities to go up against Deanna and hasn't beaten her, 
The powers that be have made it very clear. If you do not beat Deanna Perazzo this coming Friday, which is today, for this championship, then as long as Deanna Perazzo has that championship, you can never challenge for the women's championship, ever. So Jordan has a big hill to climb because she's never beaten Deanna Perazzo. This means that the odds are not in her favor. They are all in the virtuosa's favor. So with all that being said, it's going to be Deanna Perazzo versus Jordan Grace for the Impact Women's World Championship. And I hate to say this, but I'm putting my money on Deanna Perazzo. As much as I would like to say Jordan Grace can beat Deanna, which I do believe that she can, in this case, I think that she's in her head more than she's into this match. And the urgency and the sense of desperation that Jordan Grace has could be the catalyst to costing her her shot against Deanna Perazzo and her ever being able to challenge for that title as long as Deanna holds it. With all that being said, good luck to both of you ladies. And I know y'all gonna put on a banger of a match. With all the last thing that everybody needs to be worried about is this no DQ match for the Impact World title. PCO will contest Steve Macklin, the current Impact World champion for his championship. Steve Macklin has been a bastard of a champion, disrespecting the former champion who had to relinquish his championship and completely disregarding the powers that be in anything that they have done. He has been disrespectful. He has spit on everything that has come before him. And the only thing he cared about was becoming the Impact World Champion, which he has done. He did everything that he said he was going to do. And now he's at the top of the mountain being chased just like the rest. And he has to deal with some of the most vile people to come into the industry. And PCO is one of them. Now, PCO seems like a really creepy dude. And he's a pretty much of a hardcore guy. But he's not going to give Steve Macklin that championship or let him keep that championship without a fight which I think is the reason why the powers that be gave PCO this opportunity in the first place. There's going to be a few more others who come behind PCO because I'm going to be honest, I don't think that PCO is going to beat Steve Macklin at Impact's Under Siege tonight. However, there are going to be a few others who are going to come behind him and actually give Steve Macklin a run for his money. And rightfully so they have to contest the champion and make him work harder but i stand by what i said earlier i firmly believe that the only person that's going to be able to take steve macklin down is nick aldis now it may not happen on the first go round or the second but at some point eventually before this year is out steve macklin will no longer be your impact world champion and that championship will be around nick aldis's waist with all that being said, that is Impact's Under Siege. Impact Under Siege starts tonight at 7 p.m. with the girls, the Coven and the Death Dolls, setting out to fight. This is going to be a pre-show match, I believe, because the match at the show actually starts at 8. But if you want to get to that match first, you want to see the reunion of the Death Dolls or part of the Death Dolls, and of course have the Coven going at it, then cool. You guys can go ahead and tune in to Impact Plus Fight TV, or you can go on to Impact's uh, Ultimate Insiders, Ultimate the Wrestling Ultimate Insiders, 
over there on YouTube, pay the membership fee and you should be able to watch it there. Um, if not, you're going to have to head on over to Fight TV or head to Impact Plus so you guys can pay for the subscription and watch the show there. With all that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this little recap or review of the Impact Under Siege card. Now we're going to move into the Impact Fallout card and then we're going to move into WWE and AEW's shows. So Impact announced the Under Siege Fallout show, which will continue to play out from London, Ontario in Canada. This is what they are planning to have go on that Saturday. And this is going to show on Access TV, so you don't have to worry about trying to pay for it. It will start um, at 8 p.m. on May 27th. We're going to have Trinity going up against Savannah Evans. And, of course, Giselle Shaw and Jay Vidal will be in her corner. You're going to have the Good Hands versus Subculture. And whether or not their champions will be, we'll be able to watch and see if they're champions or not, seeing as how they are going up against ABC tonight at 8 p.m. You're also going to have Giselle Shaw in action. She's going to be teaming with Masha Slamovich, and she will go up against Killer Kelly and Deanna Perrazzo as a tag team match. You also will have Eddie Edwards versus Yuya Yamora. These two men are two of the number one contender competitors for that match. And you will have Trey Miguel going up against, I am not even going to mess this man's name up like this. I'm hoping his name is Bupinder Jujar. If I am saying your name wrong, sweetheart, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I did not want to mess your name up, but I I have a hard time with names. So I apologize. But Trey Miguel will be in action um, at Impact's Under Siege Fallout. As will Champagne Singh, he is going to go up against Heath. Then you're going to have Jody Threat versus Danny Luna. You will have Sheldon John with Kenny King going up against Joe Henry. Um, Sela, I don't know how to say her name. Selazia? Is that how you say it? Selazia Spark will take on Terror Rising. And that is your Impact Under Siege Fallout show. It's a very short show. It's small small card but they've got some pretty big matches on here i will post all of this on our instagram and we're going to move on to the next set of shows well ladies and gentlemen it's time to talk about wwe and the matches that are set for night of champions now night of champions is going to be a saudi show it is set to debut in beautiful Jeddah. And of course, a lot of people are obviously not a fan of the Saudi shows. But as the years have progressed, they have improved the quality of the Saudi shows and people's reasoning for watching them. Case in point, putting the World Heavyweight Championship to be crowned in Saudi Arabia was an ingenious move for WWE. This is going to force people to want to watch the show because most people are going to want to see who's going to hold that beautiful new championship. With all that being said, there are other matches that are set for this card, and we're going to start with the most irrelevant ones. Miss Irrelevant today goes to Rhea Ripley and Natalya. For whatever reason, they've decided not to build this match at all and just give us something that obviously it's going to be a nice little palate cleanser, a nice little place filler for everybody else. So fine, live your fucking best life. I, for one, am not interested in this in any way, shape, or form, but Natalya is challenging Rhea Ripley 
specifically for her SmackDown Women's Championship. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't care about it. I don't care if she wins, loses, draws, whatever the case may be. Doesn't matter to me. Live your best life. Um, yeah. So that's where we're at. We're we're stuck with watching Rhea Ripley and Natalia wrestle um on Saturday if you care. More than likely, this will be at the top of the card as a nice palate cleanser leading into the triple main event that they have set. So we'll just have to wait and see how this is all going to play out. But it is interesting, you know, that I'm glad that all of the girls are getting their time to shine. I'm glad that they put both belts over there and not just one. I'm happy about that, but I'm just... This feud between the two of them isn't a feud. It's just a regular match. To me, this could have been done on Monday Night Raw after Jeddah. Um, you could have used somebody else. The tag team champions, you could have sent over there. You could have did anything but this. And if you were going to send Natalia and Rhea to Jeddah, then at the bare minimum, you could have gave them a three-week feud that would have worked perfectly. All the times that Rhea Ripley has been interfering in matches with her boyfriend, or kayfabe boyfriend, Dominic Mysterio, at the bare minimum, Rhea Ripley could have been there to cause a distraction and at least give us some type of, mm, I'm ready for this, this is going to be fun. Like, at least give us something for this match. You gave us nothing, so I'm going to give you nothing. I'm not interested, I don't care. Moving on to the next match. This is the women's match that I'm actually interested in. The Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair is being challenged by Asuka. Now Asuka has come back from her hiatus after Mania and she has been causing Bianca Belair all types of hell. Her first night on SmackDown officially as a SmackDown member. She was on the show getting ready to celebrate in her hometown of Knoxville. She barely had two minutes to be out there. And Asuka came out with a mouthful of mist and misted the girl in her face. Bianca took all of that mist. It was everywhere. All over her hands, chest, face, eyes, hair. It was everywhere. Asuka was living her best life dancing and clowning around and she was not phased by the fact that she damn near blew COVID in Bianca's in Bianca's ass and mouth and shit child she didn't care about that and the next night she tried to do the same thing she had a match that next night with Zelina Vega pretty decent match the two of them fought but Vega ended up getting caught by this arm bar to which she tapped now, Asuka wouldn't let go, and that's when Bianca came out there to stop it. When Asuka ran out of the ring, Bianca grabbed Asuka's hair, and Asuka almost missed her in the face again. But Bianca was able to move out of the way in time. So now we have this back and forth between the two women. And hopefully tonight on SmackDown, Bianca will get her lick back. Because for the last two weeks, she has been getting bested by Asuka in the mind games and in getting her ass whooped. So as far as I'm concerned, it's Bianca's time and she better show up and show out. With all that being said, let's move on to the next match. The next women's match we have is a battle for the ages. This is probably going to be one of the biggest matches of the night. You've got Becky Lynch, big time Bex, against the queen of the Attitude Era, Trish Stratus. Now, Trish Stratus was jealous of the fact that Lita and Becky were tag team champions and not her 
and Lita. She made that very clear without really saying much. She felt like Becky Lynch had surpassed her, didn't appreciate what she had done for the women's division, and didn't appreciate for the path that she carved for Becky to be able to walk. So she cost Becky her tag team championships with Lita, attacked her best friend and took her out, and then came in and took over for almost a month of smack of Monday Night Raw. Coming out with her nice cowboy hat on and her heel walk and giving all the promos that she could, cutting down Becky, going after her daughter and doing everything in under in her possible any everything possible to get underneath Becky Lynch's skin. But Becky ain't never been one to back down from a fight. As soon as Becky was able to come back and ready to roll, she punched Trish Stratus square in the face. And then that next week they had a contract signing, which was this past Monday. Becky Lynch sat out there, and instead of coming out dressed like she normally has been, Becky came out there dressed like Big Time Bakes. Shout out to you, King Troy, because we love you and your style. But anyway, <laughs> Becky came out there, put her feet up, and said, Bring your ass, Trish. Sign this fucking contract, because once we get to Jeddah, your ass is mine. Now, Trish came out there with all her lazy glory and was talking a lot of shit without really saying much. And Trish Stratus just kept going the way she was going. You ain't thanking me. You're scared. I can't. What are you going to do when you lose in Jeddah? But what Trish fails to realize is life will go on if Becky Lynch loses in Jeddah. She'll move on. She'll probably get the challenge for that SmackDown Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley, unless they decide to change the titles at some point. She'll be able to do whatever she wants to do, but that's not the case with Trish Stratus, is it? Trish Stratus is on her last legs. While she's come out of retirement a couple of times, Trish Stratus isn't trying to be permanent in wrestling in WWE. A loss suffered by Becky Lynch to her isn't anything. A loss suffered by Trish Stratus to Becky, however, that could mean something. Because to Trish, this is the last leg she has to prove that she is what she says she is and if she loses to becky lynch then the only thing that she's proven is what everybody keeps saying is that your days in the wwe and in wrestling as a whole are numbered charlotte flair has already beaten you at a smack at SummerSlam before and now you're about to lose to another four horsewoman in becky lynch with all that being said the girls had a press conference today and again, Trish Stratus stuck to her guns with her weak promos. And Becky Lynch basically gave her everything she wanted. She's upset with her because her daughter was crying and mad and upset at the things that Trish Stratus was saying about her mother and about her. So Becky said, this is personal. You made my baby cry. And now I'm going to slap the, the piss out of you And at Night of Champions. So now the girls are ready to set and they're ready to fight. And this is just a knockdown brawl to prove who's the better of the two. This is a dream match for those of you who are in love with the Divas era and with the Women's Revolution. Then you definitely are going to want to watch this match. Who do I think is going to win? This match isn't going to end the feud between Becky and Trish Stratus. I figure if Trish Stratus wins, more than likely she's going to cheat to beat Becky Lynch. If she doesn't 
Becky wins clean, they're still going to go and she's probably going to attack her after the match and then Night of Champions is going to be over and they're probably going to move into Money in the Bank and fight again. And this could lead to another match at SummerSlam between Becky and Trish Stratus. Not sure how it's going to work out, but I'm sure that if Trish, Trish loses and disappears for a little while, when she does come back, it's going to be a problem for Becky. She's not going to be able to escape that. I would imagine she, Becky would probably qualify for money in the bank. Trish Stratus would cost her that opportunity. And then that would lead to them fighting at SummerSlam. I wouldn't want to have a three-peat match between the two of them. I think them moving from Jeddah straight to SummerSlam is the better fit, fit for me. But WWE does what WWE wants. So we're going to move on to the next match in the, on this card. There's not a lot of matches. I really thought about it. There's not a lot of matches for Night of Champions. But now we're getting into championships that are being contested. So let's start off with Gunther, the current Intercontinental Champion, versus Mustafa Ali. Now, Gunther has been a dominant champion in the WWE. In fact, he has revived the legitimacy of that Intercontinental Championship. But I would imagine that any title that Gunther holds would always give it legitimacy. He has been one of the premier workhorses brought in from NXT. And he's been one of the only people to actually come in and put themselves at the top of the mountain within a matter of months. He's been able to do that seamlessly. They were very smart in bringing Gianni Vinci back into Imperium and letting him and Ludwig run shop in that tag team division. They are a spectacular team as a faction. They work beautifully with precision and just absolute pristine cleanliness. Their ring work is unmatched. There are few tag teams who can fuck with Imperium, and there's hardly anybody who can work as well as Gunther does. With the exception of Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, and a few others, he is at the top of the mountain when it comes to wrestling, especially wrestling entertainment. With all that being said, you have the ultimate underdog in Mustafa Ali. Somebody who's been marginalized since the day he walked into WWE. He has been losing every single match that he has had. He has, every time he's getting close to the mountain, something happens and it's snatched from him. Money in the Bank, Brock Lesnar. His opportunity at WrestleMania, he got injured and Kofi Kingston was given the opportunity. And then after that, it's been a string of shoulda, woulda, couldas ever since then. I can only imagine what he could be going through mentally. While he may be getting paid well, this isn't the dream that he strove for. So he's been having this fake positive energy persona to which he's decided to drop. And now he's being real. If he doesn't get this Intercontinental Championship from Gunther tonight, well, tomorrow night, then he says his dream is going to die and he's going to die with it. And I would hate to see Mustafa Ali crumble before us like that. I hope that WWE pulls the trigger and gives Mustafa this championship. As much as I love Walter, it will free Walter up to be able to challenge for that World Heavyweight Championship at some point. But it also will give him opportunities to build himself up and feud with other people. Mustafa can anchor that mid-card division and really have some fun in terms of having people contest for that championship. 
I hope that they give him that title. As much as I love Gunther and as great as he is in that ring, I can't help but root for Mustafa Ali. I love him. I think that he's great. I think that he has an amazing spirit. And I think that he would be an awesome way to usher in the new era of WWE. If you want to move forward, you got to start breaking a few eggs. So why not start with Mustafa? And he would usher in a whole new section of people. And if you were being really serious about Mustafa and you wanted him to be like a heel champion, fine. Put him within Dushir. I think that would work out in their favor. No shade to Jinder Mahal. I think Jinder Mahal is great. But you put somebody like with Mustafa within Dushir and have them run in a faction against Walter and Imperium? I think that would be fire. <laughs> with all that being said, let's move on to the next match that is said to be contested in Jeddah. Now, this match actually does not have a title, so I'm going to move into this territory. Brock Lesnar is set to take on Cody Rhodes. Now, Brock Lesnar has been a petty bitch these last couple of weeks because he's mad that Cody Rhodes busted him open and backlash in Puerto Rico, and he's very upset that he got pinned. But it was his own fault. It was his own doing. Had he had just ended the match when he could, he didn't do it. So Cody Rhodes ended up pinning him. He got outsmarted in this match. It wasn't like Cody beat the hell out of him. Although he did try. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> he definitely tried. And he got busted open for the, the trouble. And I think that's what really picked, pissed Brock Lesnar off. Was the fact that he got busted open and he did all of that, and he ended up losing. He didn't expect to lose. So he's been a petty bitch, attacking um, Cody Rhodes from behind, taking him out, and this past Monday, he broke Cody Rhodes' arm. Now, Cody was determined to wrestle in Jeddah, despite having a broken arm, and Triple H was sent to talk to him, and Cody is not trying to hear it. He made it very clear. What would you do if you were in my shoes? What haven't you done when you were in my shoes? There was really nothing that Triple H could say to that. Because if we're being honest, a sledgehammer would have been brought out if it was Triple H. Okay? And although, even if he was a face, like, the next time you saw Triple H, it would have been jeans, taped up hands, a tank top, boots, and a motherfucking sledgehammer. Y'all know that. Y'all know that. Okay? I mean, I can't be mad at Cody for that. But I can be mad at him for being irresponsible. You can't wrestle a guy like Brock Lesnar with one arm. He is all power and brawn. And whether people like to admit it or not, and myself is included. Because I detest Brock Lesnar. But I respect what that man brings to the table. And quite frankly, he is what he claims to be. He is the beast incarnate. He is hard to keep down. He has an innate need to always be at the top of the mountain. He bested everybody in that company from young to old. 
He has gone through everyone. Everyone. There has been few people, a few people who have been able to fuck with Brock Lesnar on that level. And now you're going in at half capacity with one fucking arm. This is not Seth Rollins, and it's no shade to Seth Rollins, but this isn't Seth Rollins. You are going into the arena, into a ring, with a man who is literally a walking weapon. (laughs) You can't be serious. But unfortunately, he is. The match with Cody and Brock Lesnar is still set to go. Even at the press conference in Jeddah, he is standing there with an arm brace on and he's going to wrestle. Now, in my mind, this is all kayfabe, right? And Cody is going to have his arm in a cast. That cast is going to be the reason why Cody Rhodes could possibly beat Brock Lesnar. He's going to use it to his advantage. Now, Brock Lesnar is going to target his arm viciously with all the malice that he can muster up he is going to attack Cody Rhodes's arm and damn near rip it out of its socket with all that being said I still I'm going to my mind wants to go to Brock Lesnar but something about this just doesn't feel right so I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot and say that Cody's gonna win this match if he doesn't Brock Lesnar took a win. Cody's going to go on a hiatus for about a month or so. And then he's going to pop up around June during Money in the Bank. And then, I mean, around July during Money in the Bank. And then they're going to head into SummerSlam and have their last go around. More than likely, it's probably going to be a Hell in a Cell type of match. With all that being said, let's move into some more title contingency, shall we? Now, the bloodline has had some major hairline fractures, and now we have an entire crack in the system. Jimmy and Jey Uso are on the outs with Roman Reigns, Solo, and, of course, your wise man, Paul Heyman. Now, why is that? Well, this past WrestleMania, Cody lost to Roman via the help from his cousins, Solo, and Jimmy, and Jay, and even Paul Heyman. It took all four of them to distract Cody and give Roman the leeway to be able to pick up the win, not to mention a Samoan spike from Solo Sokoa. But that previous night, on night one, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were able to do what everyone thought they couldn't. They did the impossible. They took away one half of the Bloodline's power, and that is those tag team championships, the undisputed tag team champions at that. With all that being said, Kevin and Sammy have been reigning as the tag team champions for quite some time. They've defended them several times, and the Usos have lost several times. That last lost on SmackDown for those tag team titles came at a price. They dedicated that match to Roman Reigns. And every time a dedication comes around, those persons or people who dedicate 
usually lose in a really bad way. And that's exactly what happened with Jimmy and Jay. Now, they did win at Backlash, and that was because of Solo Sokoa. So when that Friday rolled around and Roman decided to embarrass and chastise his cousins in front of the world, he also decided to pull an audible. He says that he's going to challenge for those undisputed tag team championships with his cousin Solo because he's the only other person he can depend on. The Usos have to pay penance for their loss of those tag team titles. Meanwhile, Roman gets to walk around as if he's the man, despite the fact that everybody else has been picking up the slack where he has been failing. Moving into last Friday, Roman Reigns wanted to confront Kevin and Sami Zayn, and they had some choice words for each other. Sami Zayn made it very clear. Roman, you can't beat us. And the reason why is you're just not as good as we are. You're not even as good as your cousins. That's stuck in Roman's craw a little bit. Because the fact of the matter is, it's true. While Roman is the bigger of the, of the five, he's, he's a bigger guy. He has the charisma now. He has that alpha male bravado. And if we're being serious, an alpha male doesn't exist. Okay, He's just very arrogant if we're being fair. And if alpha males are described as arrogance, then we have a bigger problem in our society, okay? And if you want to make that argument that they are real and that this is something that you want to talk about, and if you bring up the wolves, then I'm going to tell you that the person who created that particular um, ideal of alpha males and alphas in a pack knows that that only happens in captivity. In real world, in the real world, there's no such thing as alpha males. Go look it up. You'll see it for yourself. Okay, back to the conversation. So, Roman has been, he hasn't been the kind of champion that you would expect him to be. Depending on his opponent, he can be overtly dominant. Somebody like Rey Mysterio would get dominated heavily because Roman knows that he has the weight, the height, and the power to be able to take him out. But somebody like Randy Orton, or someone like Cody Rhodes, or somebody like Seth Rollins has the wrestling powers to wrestle circles around him. And so because of that reasoning, he definitely needs a lot of help. And he gains that help from his cousin Solo and his cousins Jimmy and Jay Uso. This happens often in just about every title defense he's had where it was heavily contested all the way back to the very first one with his cousin Jay when in that fact he actually beat his cousin Jay fair and square. But with Kevin Owens and every other of his competitors that he's ever gone up against, they all possess a prowess that can beat Roman Reigns. So Roman set up contingency plans around him to protect that championship and maintain himself at the top of the mountain. No matter who you are or who you're wrestling, Roman Reigns has undoubtedly made himself undeniably in the undisputed WWE champion. And no matter who he goes up against, it is always going to be expected that he is going to have help no matter what he does. 
you think during that match that things are going to go simple and Roman's going to lose or that even after all the chaos that there aren't going to be any more interferences. But the reality is that's not true. Like I said, Roman has a contingency plan for everything. And Paul Heyman is a big target. If I were wrestling Roman Reigns for that undisputed world championship, the first thing I would do is I would take out Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is his ear. He's his connection to the streets. He's how he moves the way that he moves. I would take out Paul and then I would take out the Usos. I would take them out simultaneously. And the last person that I would deal with is Solo Sokoa. And I would make sure that he was not able to even come down to the ring, let alone get suspended or get kicked out, come back and then activate. I would take him out every single one of them until it was just me and Roman. Every single week, there'd be an attack on each one of them. And I would continue to attack them until they couldn't take it anymore. I would be a thorn in their side, a splinter in between their toes. I would be a bigger irritant than dandruff in your hair or an itchy coochie, baby. Okay? I would take them out. Just because I could. Anyways. Roman has been pissed off with his cousin for quite some time. They overstepped their bounds according to him last week. When Roman tried to tell Sammy something. And they came in and attacked Kevin and Sammy. Now. Roman has made it very clear he doesn't want the Usos' help, and he claims he doesn't need them. All he needs is his enforcer and his wise man, and that's what he has. Heading into Jeddah, you have Roman and Solo versus Kevin and Sami Zayn. Do I think Kevin and Sami Zayn are going to retain their championships? They fucking better, or we're going to have a problem. Because I am not going to be watching Roman walk around with the undisputed tag team championships and his ass is... No. The answer is no. It's going to be Sammy and Kevin, period, point blank. That's it. We ain't going no more. Okay? That's it. That's it. We're not, we're not, we're not going to take this any further. We're going to leave it right there. Do you understand? Great. Amazing. <laughs> the last match for this particular card is going to be the big one. This match determines the new trajectory of WWE. You see, WWE had plans to split the WWE Universal Championships. They had the every intention of doing that. And what I heard, the rumor was that that title that Roman had, I guess either the WWE or the Universal Championship, was going to go to Seth, and Seth was going to head into Mania as the world, the WWE, or Universal Champion. But WWE decided to let Roman go out as the final Undisputed Champion and keep both of the titles and create a new title for Monday Night Raw. So what we got is this beautiful gold belt called the World Heavyweight Championship. And now there are two men who are beyond worthy who are fighting for it. Seth freaking Rollins and AJ Styles. 
Now, AJ Styles has been gone for quite some time. He suffered a broken ankle back in December of 2022. But he's come back and he's come back with a vengeance. He seems to be ready, more than willing, and actually wrestling like AJ Styles. So we know that AJ is going to pull out this banger. Now, Seth Rollins is a peculiar one. Seth Rollins has recently been named as one of the Serpent Societies in Marvel's new Captain America New World Order. The Serpent Society is a villainous team, and Seth Rollins is one of those villains. Now, everybody's pretty scared about the fact that Seth Rollins has started his movie career and him trying to be the world heavyweight champion. They don't think that he can maintain both jobs and still be functional at the show and still do his job as a champion. But quite frankly, I disagree with that. In fact, having thought about it, I think it's a fantastic idea to make him champion and allow him to run with that championship. I mean, think about it. This is Captain America. This is a Marvel movie. It's going to make bank. What will that championship look like on the red carpet? Hmm? Me personally, I think Seth Rollins has filmed all the stuff that he was supposed to film for Captain America. And if he happens to disappear for like a week or two, then the person who's contesting him at Money in the Bank will probably, you know, lean into that. With all that being said, I thought about putting my money on AJ Styles and I said it on my podcast, I mean on my show this past Wednesday that I think AJ's going to win. But having thought about it and that title being on the red carpet, I don't know, man. I I honestly think that Seth is going to be champion. I really do. I'm going to stick with Seth Rollins being the world heavyweight champion. I think that that's happening. Now, do I care as to who is going to win? No. I love AJ Styles. I think AJ Styles is one of the greatest talents of our generation, okay? He is somebody that you would look up to, and he is someone who has done everything, whether it be on the indies or in the major companies. AJ Styles has solidified himself as one of the pillars of the industry. He is one of the people that most people model their careers after. So AJ Styles being champion is just another notch in his belt. And the same thing goes for Seth freaking Rollins. He cut his teeth in the in the indies. And he's one of those indie darlings that Triple H was able to pick up, mold, and shape into the future of WWE. And that's what he's focused on, the WWE's future. Because you can't be selfish and only think about yourself. You have to do this so that it works out for the better in the long run. Because you know that you're not going to be able to wrestle forever. And the new guys that are coming in, they're going to need to be able to see a champion that knows what it means to be a workhorse. Now, I've said it once and I'll say it again. When you're looking at champions to model yourself after, you've got two avenues. You can go the Charlotte and Roman route, where everybody that comes up before you has to beat you in order to take you down. Charlotte has said it and so has Roman. I'm not giving you anything. You want it, you come take it from me. Fair enough. I'm always down for a good fight. On the other hand, you've got Becky and Seth. Becky and Seth are all about the longevity of wrestling and maintaining the footing of wrestling, both women's and men. 
the professionalism, the sports, the athleticism, they want that to have longevity, but they also want it to have variety. They don't just want it to be about them. They're fine with being at the top of the mountain, but they're all for pushing that narrative forward and getting new faces and new bodies out there for all of us to see. So if you want the opportunity, they'll be willing to give it to you. So you have two options. You either fight for your life or take the opportunity. It's opportunity or fight. It's totally up to you. Me personally, I'm a grinder type of girl. I like being able to fight for my opportunities. And I like being able to say I beat the best of the best. If I were a WWE girl and I was sitting there and I knew I had the chops to beat you, oh, I'd go after Charlotte 100%. She's a flair. And she's one of the greatest champions in WWE history, men and women included. Her athleticism and her ring prowess is damn near unmatched by anybody in that company. So I go after Charlotte. And if I was a man, I'd take Roman's ass out without a heartbeat. A thousand days as champion and you're the sole person that could take him down? Do you know how that would solidify your legacy and start you off as a champion? But on the other hand, you've got Becky Lynch, one of the best and greatest champions in WWE as well. One of the biggest mouthpieces, and she's had one of the most storied careers in the world when it comes to WWE superstars. There's nobody like Becky. Taking down Becky Lynch and getting to the top of the mountain would set your career on a path and trajectory of money and fame that you couldn't even dream of. And then if we go on the other half for Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins is one of the greatest performers of our time. If you can hang in the ring with Seth Rollins and actually beat him fair and square, you have set yourself up to be in premier talent in whatever company you're wrestling him in. So as I said, it really depends on the path that you want to take. Do you want to take the opportunity or do you want the fight? Either way, both paths lead to championship gold, fame, money, and fortune. Everything else is up to you. With all that being said, got a little sidetrack there. Night of Champions looks like it's shaping up to be a good night. All I can say is that I hope for the best. And it's going to be a doozy of a night. Let me know what you guys think. If you have listened to this podcast and you see my post over there on Instagram, Please let me know what you think in the comment section below. Who do you think is going to win? And how do you think they're going to win? And what do you think this new World Heavyweight Championship is going to take us? It's now time to talk about NXT Battleground and the match is set for that show. Night of Champions is set to debut on Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can watch it exclusively on the Peacock Network. That is where you'll be able to watch Night of Champions. Do not forget, Night of Champion comes on at 1 p.m. this Saturday, which is tomorrow. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. NXT Battleground is shaping up to be a pretty cool night on Sunday. This is happening on Sunday. So we're getting, we're going to be tight, y'all. We're going to be tight. 
NXT has really solidified itself as a nice little gem of wrestling. A lot of people aren't going to say that, but I'm telling you that it is. Because of the way that it operates and how Shawn Michaels has really revived NXT, it has turned itself into something that can churn out superstars without a, on a whim, but also make NXT TV palatable. And Triple H had an issue with rotating stars so that we see new people on a constant basis. But Shawn Michaels doesn't have that problem. It took him a little bit to get into his groove in his stride, but he has really reset this brand and given it a new avenue to move into. So let's talk about NXT Battleground and the matches that are set to happen. We got some pretty matches that are pretty good and are going to be fun to watch, but we also have some matches that are just going to be eh. So let's get into it. The first match that I really want to dive into is Ilya Dragunov versus Dijak in a last man standing match. Now, Ilya Dragunov has come to NXT and set the world ablaze because this Russian guy has never, ever, ever backed down from a fight. From being able to be the one and sole only to best Walter at his game, he now has solidified himself as one of the toughest SOBs to ever hit professional wrestling. With all that being said, he has now hit a Mack truck, and it's called Dijak. And Dijak has a special brand of justice. Now, for whatever reason, he's deemed Ilya Dragunov to be someone who needs justice served on. And Ilya has been attacked mercilessly by Dijak over and over and over again. Out of the blue and just on a whim. The last devastating attack that Ilya Dragunov had was right before they were supposed to have a match on spring break-in. And Dijak went and attacked Ilya and slammed a garage door on his chest. Ilya was out for a while. But we ended up seeing Ilya attack Dijak on multiple occasions. And that fight went back and forth for weeks. Weeks. The guys were fighting for weeks. So much so that Dijak kidnapped Ilya and was beating the hell out of him just for the fun of it. And when he asked Ilya if he had enough, Ilya told him he hadn't even scratched the surface. That pissed Dijak off, to which he ended up attacking Ilya again. The final attack came in the locker room this past Tuesday on NXT and out in the arena. The guys were fighting so much that they had to have security. And even then, that fight spilled out into the ring. They ended up fighting to which Ilya ended up attacking Dijak and taking him out. Now, I don't know how this is going to play out, but I would imagine that Ilya Dragunov is going to come out and be your winner. Dragunov needs this win to push him forward. And I can't wait to see what they do with it after this. Now, <laughs> Dijak hasn't won a match that he's pursued in quite some time. He's been on quite the losing streak, but I will say that he has set himself up as someone who is not to be trifled with. He is extremely villainous and vengeful and vindictive. It's really nasty and mean, but it makes for good television. So as I said before, I'm putting my money on Ilya Dragunov, but what we're not going to do is act as if Dijak isn't a problem. Because he definitely is. That match between Dijak and Ilya Dragunov is going to be brutal. 
but I'm going to love every minute of it. <laughs> Let's move on to um, some title matches because that is the only non-title bout on NXT Battleground. Noam Dar is your Heritage Cup winner, and he has to defend that Heritage Cup championship. Now, unfortunately for Noam, it's not a belt. The Heritage Cup is what it sounds like. It is a massive cup. So think like, I don't know, the in, in the, the WNBA championship, the NBA championship, the NFL championship. Think like, you know, the hockey championship with the Stanley Cup. Think like that. It is a cup. That is what they carry. It has their names on it. And every team or person who has won that cup before Noam Dar has their names on the sides. And so Noam Dar has decided to put stickers over them because they're irrelevant compared to him. Noam Dar is the only person to ever win the Heritage Cup twice. And that Heritage Cup championship is meant to be defended just like any other championship in NXT. So... Noam Dar will defend his Heritage Cup championship against NXT's newest and brightest acquisition, Dragon Lee. Now, for whatever reason, Noam Dar has set his sights on Dragon Lee, and therefore Dragon Lee has set his sights on that Heritage Cup championship. And with an unlikely ally like Nathan Frazier, who has no love lost for Noam Dar, and the feeling is mutual, it seems that Dragon Lee is on his way to gaining his very first championship me personally i don't think that that's necessarily true i think that dragon lee is not going to get that heritage cup from noam dar in fact i think nathan frazier is the one who's going to take that heritage cup from noam dar but if dragon lee gets it this coming sunday i won't be mad about it however i will feel bad for noam dar as annoying as that little <laughs> one of my friends says he looks like DW from Arthur and I can't unsee it. <laughs> Shout out to Aaliyah because she's funny. I swear to God, I laughed at that for, for over 10 minutes. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> Dora Winifred Reed, Jesus. That shit made me cackle, okay? Anyways. It seems that DW is not going to be losing her champ his championship anytime soon. And I think that Dragon Lee is going to eventually get that North American championship. Speaking of the North American championship, these championships that are being contested, Wesley has been one of the greatest North American champions next to, of course, Carmelo Hayes but I would say I would give Wesley an edge out on that because Wesley is de defending his title relentlessly almost weekly he has been defending his championship and he has done it successfully every single time with a rarity of interference that interference happens on occasion but not all the time Wesley just has a way of captivating the audience. He's very good at what he does. And quite frankly, I'm glad that he was North American champion. It makes that title be coveted and everybody wanted it when he got it. And it's been such a wild ride watching him grow and progress as a singles competitor and actually love and enjoy wrestling again. Because I know it was hard for him to lose his friend and um tag team partner Nash Carter the way that he did with all that being said 
he has been able to be successful as the North American champion. And he has moved into this space of being someone who is definitely a contender to possibly go up against Carmelo Hayes in the future for that NXT men's championship. But first, he has to defend this championship. And who other to challenge for that championship than everybody's favorite lovely guru friend, Tyler Bates, and of course, everyone's favorite master manipulator, Joe Gacy. Now, Joe Gacy has always been one to put a little bug in your ear. Hey, you know they're not really your friend, right? I mean, look at how they've been eyeing your title. We all know that Tyler Bate has been looking at that championship for quite some time. He makes it seem like he's Wesley's friend, but in all actuality, all's fair in the battles of a championship. When it comes to that North American championship, I don't believe for a second that Tyler Bate won't do what's necessary to get it. I'd expect nothing less. I think what Wesley wants, though, is transparency. Just be real with me. If you want my title, you got to come take it from me. But I don't want you to be no snake in the grass, no wolf in sheep's clothing. Now, Tyler Bate made it very clear that he respects the hell out of Wesley. But it is going to be all about that title this coming Sunday. And whether he likes it or not, he's going to take it. And Joe Gacy... Well, Joe Gacy is doing everything in his power to fly under the radar. He keeps egging it on with Tyler Bate and Wes Lee. So he probably can come in and steal that belt right from underneath their eyes without them even knowing what's going on. That seems more like a Joe Gacy move to me. Now, he still has the dyad on his side along with Ava Rain. That is a lot to have to contend with in this match. And quite frankly, I think it's high time that Joe Gacy gains some gold so that he can have some type of power in NXT. He needs it, especially after the Dyad walk away in October because they are leaving. With all that being said, I'm going to pick Joe Gacy to win this title. Now, that may or may not be true, but that's who I'm picking to win. Do I think that Wesley can retain? It's very possible. But I'm going to stick to my guns this time instead of flip-flopping like I did on Night of Champions. I'm going to stick to my guns and say that Joe Gacy is going to pick up the win. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Moving on to the next title that is contested and that everybody's looking forward to. Well, let's move into the other one. The tag team titles are being contested and it is Gallus who are the current tag team championships facing off against their contestors, the Creed Brothers. The Creed Brothers have been running after those tag team championships ever since they lost them to Pretty Deadly. And, you know, Damon Kemp cost them that match. Ever since then, they have been trying their damnedest to get those titles back. But it hasn't always worked out in their favor. They almost lost one of their friends and family members in Ivy Nile, and they almost lost sight of everything, dealing with Indusheer and various other tag teams. But they've seemed to have gotten themselves back on the same track. And those NXT Tag Team Championships are something that they really, really want. So now you've got Gallus who've come back to the WWE and come back to NXT and have taken their rightful place, as they put it, at the top of the mountain. 
So, who do you choose? <sighs> I love the Creed Brothers. Shout out to Nicole because honestly, without Nicole, I probably would not have paid them any attention. She was on the Creed Brothers side from the very beginning. And one thing I'll say about Nicole is that she has a knack for picking talent. And I wish that she was a recruiter for WWE. I think she would thoroughly enjoy that job. And I think she would be great at it. I think she would be amazing at it. So if WWE, if you're listening, or if anybody from WWE listens to our podcast, you need to call Nicole so she can help y'all out. Okay? Call her. Hook that up. And give me 10% because I'm her manager. <laughs> Anyways. The Creed Brothers, in my opinion, are the best ones to hold these titles for any type of heel tag team to take it. Um, because Gallus holding them, they're just not doing anything with them, in my opinion. I don't think it's all Gallus' fault, but at the same time, I want them to be the heel faction that they were when they got there. And they're kind of a tweener, anti-hero type of guys they got them in pubs drinking a lot, which is cool. Shows a little bit more personality, but it doesn't do anything for those titles when it comes to them. And I thought it was an odd choice to put those titles back on Gallus in the first fucking place. I didn't understand why they came in out of nowhere and were able to get those titles. If anything, Pretty Deadly should have had them and they should have been the ones dropping them to the Kree brothers. They owed them that win. You feel me? But... They pulled Pretty Deadly from NXT, and now we have Gallus. Do I think Gallus is going to win against the Creed Brothers? It's possible. But me personally, if they don't win, pull them up and put them on Monday Night Raw. We need more tag teams. And the Creed Brothers are just the type of guys to revive that division. Quite frankly, if I was being selfish, I'd put them on SmackDown. I really would. Like I said, we need more guys so we can build up this division again. The tag team division is fun. It's a moneymaker. And I really wish they would focus on it and really be good at it, you know? With all that being said, I'm going to put my money on Gallus to retain those tag team championships. And I'm hoping that that is the catalyst to get the um, Cree brothers pulled up. The last two matches of the night go to the big kahunas for each division. You have the NXT Women's Championship that had to be vacated by Indy due to her injury and to the fact that she had been pulled up to the main roster. So now there is no women's champion, but there are two women who have gone through the trenches of this tournament that are ready and willing to become your next NXT Women's Champion. Tiffany Stratton and Lyra Valkyria are both trying to do their best to become your next NXT Women's Champion. Now, Lyra Vicaria got attacked by fuck-ass Cora because Cora lost this past Tuesday her opportunity to go to the finals for that women's championship. She was just screaming, it's my championship, and doing all this rah-rah and yelling and screaming. If it was all about you being the NXT women's champion, then you should have did everything you could to win. You didn't. You lost. Get your Bud Light drinking, cigarette smoking ass to the back of the line like the rest of the hoes, bitch. <sighs> no, you had to be petty and attack Lyra Valkyria's knee. Now, hopefully, Lyra Valkyria will be cleared to go this coming Sunday. 
by the time that they have this um this finals for this match. If not, they're going to have to have a replacement for her to uh, compete in the match. However, Tiffany Stratton on the other end went through every single one of her matches with no problem at all. She had a big of a contestant with um Roxanne Perez. But ultimately, Tiffany was able to best Roxanne and become the next number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. Now, I believe that Roxanne and Roxanne ended up getting attacked after that. I'm sorry. I believe that Tiffany Stratton more than likely is going to be your next NXT Women's Champion. For me, I'm okay on that. I don't want to see that. I know that's a lot of people's fantasy and dream and y'all like yes mother like everybody's not mother like relax on that okay calm down on the queen because there's that's not true either everybody's not a queen somebody's got to be a fucking princess somebody has to be a duchess somebody has to be a countess somebody's got to be a noble woman okay some of these bitches is noble women's okay let's just keep it real some of y'all is fucking peasants okay some of y'all is motherfucking servants okay if we keeping it all the way 100 not everybody is a queen or a mother Okay, everybody ain't got that moniker. I'm not finna give you that. Sorry. Sorry. Anyways, I don't want to see that. I mean, I, I get the appeal of Tiffany, but Tiffany reminds me a lot of Mandy. And like I said, having another Mandy Rose as champion for another year doesn't work for me. So if that's something that you want to see, that's fine. Y'all can enjoy that. Live your best life. The only thing I know for sure that is not going to be Mandy-esque is her match quality. Whether you love Tiffany or you hate her, that girl has improved significantly in the ring. And she's one of the best next-in-line talents they've pulled in and was able to catch herself quickly, fix the problems, and then come in and put on quality banger after banger. I will never take away her wrestling prowess from her. She is one of the most solid wrestlers WWE NXT has been able to churn out from that next in line program. I am really proud of her progress and what she's been able to accomplish in the short amount of time that she has been there. The only thing I'm not a fan of is her persona. I don't like it, but it is what it is. You deal with it how you deal with it. Me personally, I won't be watching promos or none of that shit. I'll just watch the matches and then I'm going to move on. That's how it's going to be for me. But if I had to pick, my pick for NXT Battleground and the Women's Championship is going to be Tiffany Stratton. Moving on to the final match of the night, the Big Kahuna, which is the NXT Men's Championship. Braun Breaker has been in his villain bag as of lately, right? Intimidating, brooding, been trying to be a little charismatic, but still a hellion spearing everybody he can think of fucking up matches that don't even have anything to do with him just to prove how strong and brick brawn brawn Strowman, well breaker really is with all that being said he has been taking out carmelo hayes and trick williams simultaneously every chance he gets he is shutting them down Trick Williams has not been able to get has been able to get out the box. He actually has against Braun Breaker. But Carmelo, he ain't been able to do nothing. That high flying shit gets grounded real quick, like. And the only thing Carmelo's been able to do is low blow Braun Breaker to his knees. Which, the way I see it, get it by any means necessary. Anyways, with all that being said, 
Who do I think is going to win? Carmelo's going to win, hands down. If they give that championship back to Braun Breaker, I'll be fucking shocked. Shocked. Do you hear me? I will be shocked. Okay? Because there's just no way. Or at least there shouldn't be a way. With all that being said, that is your card for NXT Battleground. NXT Battleground is set to debut live May 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. If you want to watch it, be my guest. You can watch it on Peacock for sure. This, I think, is going to be a good show. This card is stacked enough for it to be a good show, and I think it's worthy of the watch. However, not everybody feels that way and not everybody is as interested in NXT as I am, but I really like this. You get to see the budding talent and how they move and oftentimes that is, you know, covered up by the main roster and their antics. But in this case, you're getting some of the best talent that the Next In Line program has to offer and you can really see how NXT has been able to churn out those superstars. I'm really proud of this. I can't wait to see how this plays out on Sunday. I'm really looking forward to Dijak versus Ilya. I think that's going to be the match of the night. I also think that Wesley's triple threat match is going to be good. It's going to be fun. And I think that that women's match is going to be great as well. Now, one thing you do have to look forward to that next week is there's going to be a weapons cage, steel cage match with Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. I'm going to say Gigi's going to win this match. This is her element. This is where she thrives the most inside these kinds of matches. Quite frankly, I don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but I think that it's going to be a good um, day for Gigi. And I think it's going to be great for JC as well. I think JC is going to show out. I kind of wish they would have put this on Battleground, especially the type of match that it is. It would have played well with the theme of Battleground. Would it be a weaponized steel cage match? Like, come on, that's that's awesome. But they decided to move it to NXT on Tuesday, so you have to let them do them, apparently. Anyways, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I will see you guys in my next one when I cover AEW's Double or Nothing and give you guys the tea on the last pay-per-view of the night on Sunday. AEW Double or Nothing has a pretty massive card that is set up for Sunday, May 28th as well. And I believe the show starts at 7. They're going to have some type of pre-show match and then they'll start at 8 like they always do. Usually the pre-show is streamed on YouTube if I'm not mistaken. So if you want to watch it, you can go ahead and watch it over there. But Fight TV has it as well. Um, so let's get into the lineup for the AEW Double or Nothing show. So, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy versus Ethan Page and the Guns. If Hardy Party wins, then Matt controls Page's contract. Very interesting. Chris Jericho and Adam Cole will be in an unsanctioned match. The Anarchy in the Arena match will have the Elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, AEW International Championship will be contested. Orange Cassidy will be defending his championship again in a blackjack battle royal, to which we'll have to wait and see who those competitors will be. But I would imagine Miro, um, Andrade, and several others will be a part of that match. But we'll have to wait and see. 
Jade Cargill will be defending her championship once again. She is the only undefeated superstar in AEW right now with a 58-0 winning streak. She's looking to add 59 against Taya Valkyrie. She'll be defending her TBS championship at double or nothing. Wardlow is the current TNT champion, and he will be defending his championship in a ladder match against Christian Cage. And then we have the big titles. The AEW World Tag Team Championship is contested. FTR is your current World Tag Team Champions, and they will be defending their championships against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. For whatever fucking reason, I have no idea. But Mark Briscoe will be a special guest referee for this match. Shout out to Mark Briscoe. AEW Women's World Championship is also contested. Jamie Hayter will defend her championship against Tony Storm, a one member of the Outsiders. And you have to, you know, be aware that the Outsiders operate as a unit. And Jamie Hayter does have backup in Britt Breaker, but three against two never works out in anyone's favor except for the three. <laughs> so we'll have to hope and pray that Jamie Hayter keeps this AEW Women's World Championship. Anyways, the final bout, the big kahuna, is the AEW World Championship. Currently, MJF is your champion, and he will be defending his championship against the other three pillars of AEW. Darby Allin, Jungle Boy, a.k.a. Jack Perry, and Sammy Guevara. That is your lineup for AEW's Double or Nothing. I don't have any dog in any of those fights, and for being fair, me personally, I haven't watched AEW enough or seen enough of the show or not even in clips or in passing to be able to give you a fair assessment. But to just be fair and to pick a pick from each of these matches and to run it down like I did everybody else because I gave you Impact's rundown, so I'm going to give you AEW's rundowns. I think MJF is going to retain his championship in this fatal four-way match. I, I'm hoping that Jamie Hayter retain hers. I think that FTR is going to retain against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. What would be the point of that? Okay, there'd be no point in that. Anyway, in the TNT Championship, I don't know. Christian Cage could pick up that win. It's pretty dangerous for Christian Cage to be as old as he is doing a ladder match. That is, that's, that's insane. I wouldn't be fucking doing that. Okay, it could not be me. But if that's what he wants, live his best life. But um, in that match, I feel like it could go either way. But if you have something different or you know something different, why don't you let me know? And then we can have this conversation in the comments under Down for the Counts post on Instagram. Okay? Also, the TBS Championship. I really want Taya Valkyrie to get that title. No shade to Jade. It's not because I don't want Jade to be champion anymore. But because I want Jade to finally go after that AEW Women's Championship. Because she definitely needs it. She definitely is the girl for it. Okay? With all that being said, also the AEW International Championship. Orange Cassidy versus in the Blackjack Battle Royal. I honestly don't know. Orange Cassidy has defended that title more often than not. And while I'm glad that he's defending it, the, according to my counterparts, he defends it quite a bit. And due to the fact that I am not aware of the competitors that are in this match, I'm going to leave that as a toss-up. It's very possible that Orange Cassidy could retain this championship. 
Um, but do I think he should drop it? I'm not sure. Like, I know that they've changed his title and they basically reset his reign because of the title change. So now he's only been champion for 64 days. Well, in fact, he's been champion for over 300 days. Well, more closer to 300, but more like 250, 260 days. So I don't know. Um, I wouldn't mind if they dropped it to someone else. I wouldn't mind it at all. It's interesting though. The trios championships are not being defended at double or nothing. And they didn't make this card like super, super stacked like they normally do, which I find to be very interesting. They still have quite a few matches on here. Not all their titles are being contested, but they have, it's a pretty stacked card, but it's pretty, it's slimmed down, which I can appreciate. They kept it under nine matches, which is, you know, unique for AEW. They're usually at like 14 matches on a card and they'd be like, everybody'd be up until like, Six o'clock in the morning watching fucking wrestling. It's ridiculous. Anyways. Um, Anarchy in the arena. I'm gonna be honest. I generally don't care who wins this match. Um, the elite is going up against the Blackpool Combat Club. I don't know, Blackpool Combat Club. Like, I don't know. I don't fucking care either. I <laughs> I'm being honest, I generally just don't. Now, this match with Jericho and Adam Cole really concerns me, and I feel like they should have talked Cole into a traditional match. An unsanctioned match, in my opinion, is dangerous, and I wouldn't have him in that type of match. Having come back from concussion protocol, I feel like that that, that shouldn't have even been discussed, let alone, you know, executed as to, in terms of a match. I know it looks good on paper, but I would be more concerned with Adam Cole's um health rather than being worried about getting tickets and butts in the seats so i'm glad that he's okay i'm glad that he recovered but i wouldn't have put adam cole in this position this early this soon in my opinion and the last match is matt hardy jeff hardy and isaiah cassidy and ethan page and the guns i don't care about this match either if we're being honest um jeff hardy seems to be happy in AEW with his brother and that's all well and good, but me personally, I just I just don't care about this match. I want Isaiah Cassidy to break away from Matt Hardy um, because I feel like Isaiah Cassidy is a great talent. He doesn't need Matt Hardy. Um, Ethan Page definitely is great. I don't know what happened to um, Scorpio Sky. Him and Ethan Page used to run together. I'm confused as to what happened. Maybe somebody can tell me in the comments because I haven't been watching you guys can tell me what happened with that. Um, it's interesting. The Guns are no longer the tag team champions, and they definitely were. Um, and I didn't even know FTR had got the titles back. That's crazy. I read it off, and it still didn't register to me that they were tag team champions. <laughs> Anyways, you can tell by how much I watch AEW. I hope the show works out for them. They usually have a pretty decent card, but I've been hearing that people are not as interested in this card as they were in previous cards. And a lot of people are more concerned about All In than they are about Double or Nothing. I heard more about All In than I did Double or Nothing. And that that baffled me because I thought All In was the next pay-per-view, but it actually is Double or Nothing. Double or Nothing is going to be in Las Vegas and it is going to start at 7. And of course, we hope that they have a good show. It is going to be competing with NXT Battlegrounds. So we hope that this all works out for them and good luck. 
With all that being said, we have a lot of shows to cover this weekend, starting tonight with Impacts Under Siege, leading into Impacts Under Siege, Fallen Out, Fallout, Night of Champions, and then that Sunday we have NXT Battleground and AEW Double or Nothing. I hope you guys enjoy all of this wrestling that has been coming out. 72 hours of wrestling is a long time to be watching wrestling. I hope you guys enjoy the show. I hope you guys enjoyed this recap of all of the shows and possible match cards and possible predictions for each one of these shows. I'll try to keep doing everything with these recaps as much as possible. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to follow us and comment and engage with us on our social medias, you definitely can. Go on over to Twitter and get us at Down for the Count 19 or head on over to Instagram at D4TC underscore podcast. And we will be back, you know, in the comments, arguing and fighting with you just like we normally do. With all that being said, thank you so much for listening and I will see you guys next time.